the Rams All Access. This show's Last Sunday at the Coliseum, Rex Ryan and the Bills served up Jeff Fisher and the Rams their second loss of the season. It's a fake. It's Bradley Marquez running right side. Hit at the 25, and he did not get there. This week, it's a trip to the Motor City for an NFC North battle with a 2-3 and three Lions. Getting you ready right now with Rams All Access. The voice of the Rams, J.B. Long. The Rams are on it. Along with Maurice Jones-Drew and DeMarco Farr. Give you insight into the game and the team and what's going down this week at practice as we get ready for the Lions at Ford Field for Week 6. This is Rams All Access. All Access. With J.B., Maurice, and DeMarco on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. We're off on a 10-game road trip, and welcome to Week 6 of the National Football League. The Rams are going to Detroit and then to London to take on the New York Giants. I am J.B. Long, DeMarco Farr with me as always, and in for Maurice Jones-Drew. It's Eric Davis, an All-Pro Super Bowl champion, a former 49er who finished his career actually in Detroit to lend us some Lions insight Poor guy. as well. <laughs> Thank you for that. My God. Thank Did you, you for say 10-game or 10-day road trip? I hope I didn't say 10 games. It's 10 days, ten, not 10 games. Okay. 10 game is, I was thinking like it's a baseball kind of If it's 10 games, it. I need to call my wife. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you won't have one when you get back. Right. <laughs> wow. Well, it doesn't feel like 10 games. But, uh, you know, unlike offenses that script their first drive, uh, we kind of come into this unscripted. Right. And I wanted to just get your opening drive thoughts as we tee up Rams and Lions. D-Far, have at it. First of all, great call on the uh, fake punt, the failed fake punt. Um, awesome. Um but I'm thinking, what happens if they actually get the first down? How do you think that game plays out if Bradley Marquez, if the Buffalo Bills aren't ready for that and he turns the corner, they pick up the first down? Do you think the offense goes down the field and scores? We'll never know. Well, still I mean, need, still need we'll, we'll never know. I'm trying point. to remember how the, the offense was functioning because the field goal drive was pretty good. The drive before was pretty no yeah. trouble all day long getting into the red Bills zone territory yeah. just could not finish drives once they got there. I wonder if Jeff didn't go all in at that moment and try the the fake punt to pick up the first down, or, or if they did picked up the first down. How I wonder how Case Keenum finishes that game, how the offense does. Maybe I'm, I'm with you they that. pull off the win. Who knows? I would have liked to have seen that uh, because I think that would have been a big step, not just for the team but for Case. I think the, the confidence aspect that he could have grown he he could have gotten uh, and the way things could have grown within the offense I think that would help Boris out uh, there there I, it would have Jeff Fisher out oh, no doubt there are a lot of situations in which Jeff may be feeling under the gun you're down you, you some defensive stars okay you know that about this game uh, offensively you're questioning what you can do with the players that you have and the way things are going getting that drive could have opened up a lot and not make him feel as if he needed to go for that fake punt in that right. situation that didn't turn out okay that I still don't think he ever should have done. I think he, you should have given the ball to your defense, who, right. which was playing better in the second half and with three timeouts, and you would have had a chance to get the ball back. But that's neither here nor there, right? Right. So I, think, <laughs> so I would have liked to have seen yeah. that play out and see what Case could have done. What's the old adage, uh, Vegas wasn't built on winners? I mean – you, you got to have some guts at some point as a coach to to call that. To you'd like to see it, you know, be a success, have success, but it did not work. But uh, you left a lot of football on the field. 
You know what I mean? With the with the fake punt. And and you have to give the Bills credit for being ready for it, but who's not going to be ready for a Jeff Fisher fake punt? Well, and I was going to say, how about the Bills overall? Coming from upstate New York to Southern California, making one of the longest trips in the NFL, they brought a great effort. And now the shoe's kind of on the other foot. As the Rams get set to go into the Eastern time zone, they play the early game, which historically is very tricky. Uh, from 2001 to 2015, 374 teams have done it from the west or the mountains, gone to the central or the east, and played that early game. The winning percentage for the home team is better than 64%. So it's a noticeable difference when you have to set that 5 a.m. alarm clock. <laughs> uh, Ed, you've done it quite a bit early in your career, especially yes. playing in San Francisco. You don't think it's as big a deal? No, or I it don't. Shouldn't be. No, no, it's not as big a deal. The reason, so you look at those teams coming from the Western time zone going to that Eastern time zone, and why does that happen when you're going Pacific to the Eastern time zone? Look at the teams and how poorly those teams were playing in most of the time. Because you were talking about teams from either uh, you were talking about the Raiders at the t- who haven't been a good team for quite some time. You know, San Diego, San Diego didn't travel one. well, okay? The Niners had a decade where they couldn't beat anyone, so you throw that in. Seattle's a surprising Se- one. Seattle have taken some on the chin. Seattle has taken some on the chin, but I bet their numbers aren't as bad as some of those other clubs. And, and just until the last few years, remember, Seattle wasn't really this big-time kill-you squad, okay? So that's, that has a lot to do with it. When I was, It didn't bother us. You know why? Because we had a better team. So it's not a big issue. All of these guys are accustomed to being up. I know you, you have your clock and you want to do things at a certain time, but during training camp, all these other times, you practice at those times. You're out moving around. You're in meetings. You do all these things. And then on top of that, it's just a work day. So that's an excuse that you can use if you really right. need it to pacify your conscience. You know, DeMarco. Yeah. I mean, our, our teams always traveled well because it was a business trip. When Whenever we had to play, we would play. I personally didn't like playing at night, but nobody cared. <laughs> right, so right. I, I didn't like I didn't like Thursday nights. I didn't like Monday nights. I didn't like Sunday nights. I didn't I didn't like the Super Bowl being played at night. I didn't like playing at night. But again, you got a job to do, so you do it, whether it's at 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. I, I miss the old Tavares Jackson, Matt Flynn, Seattle Seahawks. Remember those days? <laughs> I miss those days. Now, now they're good. I, I'm with you. It just depends on what type of team you have. But I'm with him, man. I like to roll out of bed, eat eggs, go play. Uh, the longer I have to wait to get to the field, the more I'm going to think about what if, and I'm going to yes. slow my own self down. But um, I think with a young football team, maybe they can handle it, but it just depends on what type of team you have. I remember the last time the Rams went to London to play New England. Jeff Fisher gets the team over to London so they can acclimate, and that was the big deal. Acclimate, acclimate, acclimate. Well, the Patriots showed up on Thursday and put 50 on you. Why? They're good. Period. Exactly. It, it doesn't matter when they get there, what time you're playing. If you're good, you're good. You can just play. Um, it's going to affect you at some point, the travel or waking up or what have you. But when you get out there on game day, like you said, you've practiced it. You've been through it. You can play. It's just best team on game day. So, yeah, I mean, some guys can play better in the morning. Some can't. But when you're out there after the first couple of reps, it's still football. Am I better than you that day? That's the way it's going to go. Yeah, and we did exactly what's happening right now. You travel on Friday. That's what we always do. We, you travel on Friday, and of course, that first night, you know, the three-hour time difference. So everybody's awake, but you get up the next day, you go through your routine, you do what you have to do, you have your walkthroughs and, and all the film sessions and everything, and then you get ready. You know, you're going to go to bed that night, and you're going to wake up a, a little bit earlier than normal, and then go. But for the most part, it's really not earlier than normal. You're going to play earlier because most of the guys, remember, during the week, you're going to practice every day. So guys are, it's not like you're sleeping in. 
you're you should. I was at work. I don't know, Demarco, about you, but I was I was already in the building before six every day. So, I can't go that far. <laughs> I, I was. I was six thirty. Maybe I was. I was in the building. Right, right, right. I, I was. At no point was I not in the building at six a.m. So, so you know what I'm saying. So I was already accustomed to being up, and I would right. think m- the majority of the guys are that way anyway. He is Eric Davis, DeMarco Far, JB Long, getting set for Week Six at Detroit. The Rams are three and two. The Lions are two and three. Speaking of early, we'll join you early on Sunday, seven a.m. Our pregame coverage begins here on ESPN LA seven ten. Coming up today on Rams All Access, we'll go through the injury report. Yes, the Rams are battling quite a few, but the Lions are even more dinged up. How about Todd Gurley against the woeful Lions rush de- rush defense? Is this finally the week that number thirty gets going? Plus. The quarterback in Detroit's playing at an extremely high level, maybe the best of his career, while the Rams' defensive secondary suffers an injury to Tremaine Johnson. We'll get Eric Davis's thoughts on that and a whole lot more, including a conversation with Troy Hill and E.J. Gaines. It's all tonight on Rams All Access here on ESPN LA 710. The good news for the Rams, Benny Cunningham back at practice this week, Cody Davis a safety back as well, but uh, not practicing early in the week. Still that defensive front of Michael Brockers, William Hayes, Robert Quinn. Uh, add Cody Wickman, the guard, offensively to that report with an ankle. But perhaps most notably going into this week against Detroit, Tremaine Johnson. Uh, DeMarco, you and I were actually at practice on Wednesday. Had an yeah. interesting conversation about who is the most irreplaceable Ram on defense. Not not the best player. We all know that's 99. That's Aaron Donald. But the most irreplaceable, it might be true. True or Alec Ogletree. Uh, just behind you, there's just not a guy that's as good. Um I, I think you're a lesser team without Tremaine Johnson on the field. So um, just puts EJ Gaines into the spotlight or up, up into the forefront. A, a couple of seasons ago, uh, when Janoris Jenkins was still here, I thought EJ Gaines was your most consistent corner. Uh, Janoris was still going through the, the gambling phase. I like to look in the backfield, gamble, try to get the yeah. pick six, all that sort of stuff, and giving up big plays, uh, as many plays as he made. But EJ was your most consistent performer, so... He needs to be that guy right now without Tremaine Johnson on the field. So he, you're going to be the lead corner, but that's one of the things I wanted to sit down and talk with him about. Being a leader, how do you move on from a tough loss to Buffalo and then get ready for Detroit? Honestly, it's just just like when you get a win. You know, you put it behind you and you get on to the next game. It's just a, a professional mentality. You know, win or loss, you got to move on. So I think that's what we're focusing on this week. So when you get in the huddle and you see that Quinn's not there, Brocker's not there, William Hayes is not there, so I mean, some of your studs aren't in there. I mean, what does that do for you defensively? It, you know, it's tough because those are the leaders of the defense, but but we have other leaders, you know, like like Alec Ogletree, who's telling guys, man, just step up and play. You know, that's what we need from you, and, and that's what we need again this week, depending on who plays and who doesn't. How about you as a leader oh yeah me too myself you know getting out there and 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 helping guys like Troy and and guys who are just getting in there and kind of getting their first playing time man I'm just trying to help them make plays with me you know you having fun out there man I mean it's I know you were off for a while you were chomping at the bed now you're back out there yeah you know anytime I'm out there with my my brothers and my teammates I'm having I'm having a blast man I'm just excited to go out there and try to try to get a win in Detroit this week all right when you guys see Detroit on film uh, can you tell us what do you guys see defensively Man, we see we see a lot of speed. as a defense. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We see a lot of a lot of speed on their offense. You know, uh, in the backfield, out there at the receiver position, and they got a lot of good run run schemes going on on the inside. So first off, we definitely got to get up in there and stop the run, and we didn't do that last week against Buffalo. Um, is it hard to to plan going to Detroit, and then you have London in the background, or is? London, a, a far thought right now. It's all Detroit. 
We're trying to keep it as a far throw and just focus on Detroit. You know, it's tough because you, you can't help but to think about leaving the country in two weeks and how you're going to prepare for that. But we're definitely trying to focus on Detroit to start off with, and we'll move on to London after that. What do you do in your downtime, man? I've, I've, I'm watching Netflix. I'm watching Luke Cage. I can't get enough, man. What are you doing in your downtime? I'm actually I'm a fan of Luke. <laughs> I'm a fan of the Luke Cage show on Netflix, man. I, I do that, do the same thing, man. I, I play Madden. I play 2K. I watch Netflix, and I watch film. That's pretty much my you know what I do in my off time when I actually get some. Oh, ball and eat all ball and eat <laughs> that, that's all it is jay Gaines joining us on rams all access with demarco far uh more on your netflix choices in a second okay but i want to i want to see up uh, all, all pro defensive back for kind of the situation this week going to detroit assuming trumaine is out you're going to see ej you're going to see troy hill at the corners against matt stafford who's playing at an elite level even without megatron ed well, uh, he's playing at that level because he doesn't have Megatron. You say even without Megatron, uh, with the absence of Megatron, w- the thing that's happening is that he's going through his progressions. Mm-hmm. He's spreading the ball around. He's taking what defenses are giving him as opposed to forcing the ball into Megatron. And I don't blame him for forcing the ball into Megatron because more times than not, he made the play. That's why he's going to get a gold jacket when, when all is said and done. Uh, but Stafford is much more comfortable in the pocket, and we all know he can spin it and get it where he wants to. But, but he has some guys that can play for him. The pickup of Marvin Jones, that's very big. I mean, that's, that's a good player that worked well within this offense, can stretch the field, um, and, and is tough enough to take the hits. They're, they don't come any tougher than Q. Anquan Bolden is, is that's Anquan Bolden is one of those grown men that grown men go to for advice. <laughs> right. he, he's he's a he's a full grown man, and and they don't come tougher than that. And then you got Golden Tate, who who has that complex that I can I, he thinks he's Megatron. He thinks he's that size anyway. Uh, so it's 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 a very good receiving core, one of the best receiving cores. If you look at the skill set and what they're capable of doing uh, from possession receiver to a guy who can work the middle of the field to a speed guy, it's one of the best in the league. It's going to be a tough matchup, uh, especially when you lose your number one corner. And I was listening to you earlier, like, is he the most uh, irreplaceable person on defense? I agree with you. If you don't have a number one corner, it's hard to set your defense. If you have the one guy, you can always say that I, I can depend on this guy to play at a certain level and man him up and I can roll the coverages and do a lot of different things. When you when that guy's not when that guy's missing, it puts a lot of pressure on, on a defensive coordinator. And that's what they're gonna to have to deal with right now. And it's not just Marvin Jones this week who's leading the NFL in receiving, but then a Sunday beyond it, it's Odell. I mean, every week you're gonna have a number one receiver across the line from you. Yeah, I I just think um and I'm with him. I, I like Detroit's passing game i think stafford can put it anywhere and all those receivers do different things they they all do them well but can you keep the rams d line off your quarterback before he can get the ball off well that depends on who's out there if quinn's out there yes if with donald and brockers and then william hayes if they're all healthy that's going to help those corners tremendously that's not going to give matt stafford time to look or two pump fakes to fake the get a double move down the field yeah uh that's not going to happen so it all depends on health but Hey, look, at some point, you're going to have to hold up in coverage. And you saw it against Buffalo when Tyrod Taylor started moving around. The touchdown he threw. EJ was the guy that lost his man. Well, you're going to have to stick to your guy a little bit longer. We talked about that before the game. We did talk about that before the game. Absolutely. And 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 EJ, it's it's very important for him to get back to that consistent level that you were talking about. Um, Because True has been playing and doing, I think, what they wanted from him. 
leads oh, the NFL and passes defended to this point. Yeah, I mean, he's been playing solid ball. He, he really has. And, and I was waiting to see if, you know, what guy was going to step up. And he stepped up. And, he's, and he has definitely answered the call. Now you, you're going to need EJ to come up because I, I would say that he's the next guy on that list. He's, he's, he should be your number two guy. He's the guy I'd be looking at. And he's yeah. the number one guy now. So you, you need him to pick up his game and, and keep it at that level when Tremaine comes back. For, for this team to really get going on defense the way they want to. Which guy do you put EJ on in Detroit? I, stay away from Anquan. Anybody yeah, stay away from yeah, Anquan. Stay away, yeah. Put him on Golden Tate? Oh, that's that, a rough matchup. That's a rough matchup. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a tough one. It, it, that, that's, that's the thing. I, I don't even know if this is a matchup no, game No, this right is here. just right and left. This and, is, this yeah. is, because this is, yeah, this is right and left, and you have three guys that are going to work all the parts of the field, and you got a quarterback that's actually standing there distributing the ball. So I think this, this, it may be easier. Uh, it, it may be easier this week, especially since you don't have your number one corner, it may be easier to just go left and right, play coverage. The other thing you have to account for with the Detroit passing attack is how well they use their running backs in the passing game. Theo Riddick it's is almost a catch-first <laughs> running back, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's your fourth wideout within that offense. So you have to account for that. Uh, but you look at this defense, they're, they're actually built to uh, run, contend with run. that. They're yeah. built to run. With they, Aaron and Alex. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I mean, those, I mean you, you look at the linebackers that you have here. I mean, they're, they're DBs. They're they're not built for guys coming straight downhill with them, but right. they are definitely built for the for the horizontal game and then the vertical passing game. So this right here should be a pretty good matchup from that standpoint. They were okay against David Johnson in Arizona, right? I think that's a nightmare out of the backfield. They they yes, were okay against. Yes, they him. were. However, yeah. I was very critical of Arizona not going to David Johnson enough, and that's More, why I didn't right. like that Buffalo matchup. Is because I thought the Bills were going to commit to making the Rams tackle Shady McCoy thirty times. And no one had really done that since San Francisco. Well, they didn't tackle him 18. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of long runs here or there, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I assume that with the pass rush that's coming at him, if you have everybody healthy, that, that back out of the backfield is going to be a problem for the Rams. You're going to see that a lot. But like you said, you've got two blown-up safeties at linebacker in Ogletree and, and Mark Barron. Yeah. They should be able to run with these guys and cover and make tackles. So uh, running backs out of the backfield don't scare me as much as these receivers you're going to see going down the field, especially when you're down your best corner. Up front, before we leave that thought, quickly on the defensive line, not practicing early in the week for guys like Quinn and Brockers and Hayes. How consequential is that to their chances of getting on the field Sunday? Well, um, okay, I'll defer to the older guy in the room for a second. But, I mean, at some point in your career, less practice is actually better. Yes. Especially for guys like Quinn and Brockers. They know their job. They know how to do their job. Just don't waste your game on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's a question of health. So you say not practicing is not an issue. Are they healthy enough to play on Sunday? That That's all that really matters. I, I played with Charles Haley, the Hall of Famer now. Charles took a chair to practice. <laughs> he literally, I'm not lying, he, he literally had a stool, this red stool that he, he would go through individual drills with the DBs. So he would come and do all our backpelling drills and all that stuff. He didn't even do the D-line stuff. He would go through individual with the DBs. And then when we got ready to go to team and do all that stuff, he would take, he had a stool that he carried with him 
from section to section, he would just sit on it and watch. And how was Sunday with him? Sunday, Ball he, out. He, he had the gold jacket. <laughs> right. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> Sunday, we will be in Detroit for week six in the National Football League as the Rams look to go to 4-2 and two and bounce back from that loss against Buffalo. Coming up on Rams All-Access, Todd Gurley against the Lions running defense. We'll get to our All-Access poll question and talk some offense including Case Keenum with Jared Goff turning 22 and coming on at Rams practice. More of that coming up on ESPN LA 710. We will actually have the week off from the Jeff Fisher Show. It's every Monday night, 6 to 7, here on ESPN LA 710 and your ESPN app. But we will be in London following Sunday's game against the Lions, so the Jeff Fisher Show will not be heard this coming Monday. We will return on October the 24th. Same day we return from London, so join us here on ESPN LA 710 or come out to the Westlake Village Inn and welcome us back from the UK. This week's ESPN Los Angeles Rams all-access poll against a Lions defense that's allowing nearly five yards per carry. That's second worst in the NFL. How many will Todd Gurley get on Sunday? 78% of the responders say 100-plus yards rushing. 22% 22% say 99 or fewer yards. Guys, he has not had a 100-yard game this season. In fact, his only 100-yard effort in his last 13 outings, you saw it last year, DeMarco Farr, it was against these Detroit Lions. Yeah, it's coming. Uh, it's definitely coming for Todd Gurley. I mean, he's just about there. I know that sounds like coach speak, but he's just about there. Um, if you can sustain your blocks up front just a little bit longer and not wing him on the way by so he can deal with that free hitter, uh, he's going to make guys miss or run through him. Uh, we've seen it. He's got that sort of talent. That's why you take him in the first round when he's got an injured knee. He's that good. So, uh, And watching Detroit play, um, now I saw Darren Sproles go through them quite a bit. Uh, but that's Darren Sproles. That's a different type back than a Todd Gurley. But if I could pick a defense to play in um, to get paid, it would be Detroit's defense. All their defensive linemen, high butts. They're flying off the football. They're playing the run on the or playing the run on the way to the passer. This would be the game that I think that Todd Gurley can get off. Same plays, same everything. Make a guy miss, get into the open field, and then deal with that free hitter. So uh, it might happen. It should happen versus Detroit. Let me go as far as to say it has to happen in Detroit if they're going to win up there. I think it's a good point. Uh, we. Focus a lot on the pick six from Case Keenum last Sunday against Buffalo, but let's not forget that Todd did put two on the ground. One was recovered, led directly to a touchdown. He also had a drop in the flat that might have been a touchdown opportunity if he picks that up and beats the Buffalo corner. Um, Eric Davis, though, I think you agreed earlier with a conversation we had off the air, and that is Jeff Fisher's not going to harp on ball security with Todd because he doesn't have a history of it, and you don't want it to get in his head. Yeah, you don't have a fumbling problem unless you fumble the ball. And he hasn't been fumbling the ball a lot. So I agree with Jeff in that situation. There's no reason to make him get all concerned about gripping the ball a different way, protecting it a different way when that has not been an issue. Uh, When you have a fumbling problem, you know. Because you start putting it on the ground and then guys start ripping at it. You know that, DeMarco. Mm -hmm. It it becomes, you know, feast or famine. Uh, And that's that's how you're looking at it. Guys are just going to go in and just try to take the rock from you week in and week out. You don't see that a lot. I don't think it's something to concern yourself with as of now. I mean, okay, he put it on the ground a couple times and didn't go back. When's the last time that happened? Uh, So I don't think you concern yourself with that. He needs to concern himself right now with just trying to just have that day. I, I, I don't. Confidence comes from doing, and he hasn't been doing it. So there's no way he can be confident. He's hoping. He's wishing. I'm not – I know what DeMarco is saying. You look at the numbers, and the numbers say that this should be the week that it should happen. I thought last week would be the week that it would happen. The way Buffalo 
likes to send guys mm-hmm. and you can have some vertical seams when you start trying to do all break the stunting one. and everything and I thought he'd be able to break one in mm-hmm. that one. I'm I'm a little bit more concerned in DeMarco. Yeah. I, I I believe cuz I it, it we keep saying it should happen. I, I don't know if, if I don't know if it's going to happen if this is the week. I know he's a talented player, but I also know that some other things have to happen up front for him to get there. And in the quarterback position, when these things go hand in hand, we talk about it every week. So let's get into Case Keenum and also Jared Goff, who turned 22 this week, the hey. number one overall selection. I remember that too, Jared. I don't even remember that. <laughs> Long time ago, <laughs> many moons. Uh, but going back to Monday at the Westlake Village Inn, the quarterback position was one that Jeff Fisher was also asked about. Out through our audible segment it was an audience question uh he's coming on he's improving case record as a star is pretty good case threw for 271 yards against a really difficult defense there's no telling what they would have done against a rookie quarterback but he's improving you know one thing i always like to point out when we start this jared goff conversation is he remains and he has been one play away from going in ever since he was activated every game since Monday night, right? So in terms of when that mm-hmm. change might happen, you know, NFL teams don't always get to make that change themselves. Just look to Cleveland <laughs> for a recent example. Well, look to every rookie quarterback that's playing right now. And, and there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of heat coming down on Jeff Fisher and, and the organization because Jared Goff is not playing, but and Carson Wentz is playing, and, then, and Dak Prescott is playing. And, um, playing well. Uh, you know, and I mean, <laughs> yeah. for, for a moment, you know, in Denver – um, why can't I think of his Simeon? name? Uh, no, 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 uh, no, 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 no. Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch. Lynch. Paxton right. Lynch was out there. All of those rookies hit. Why? Because they were forced into those positions, not because they played themselves into that position. There was a trade in Philly. Everyone was forced into that position to play. So that, that's, that's part of it. You're right. It could easily happen where all of a sudden Jared Goff has to go in because of one hit. And, and it doesn't even have to be something to take him out. I, I told everyone, until he's ready, until you think he can at least be efficient enough in the offense to, to run the offense, you can't make him the backup because of concussion protocol. Yeah. You know, Case, Case gets dinged while they're checking him. In the middle of that series, he has to go in and play. Uh, now, the quarterback, we were talking about the, the running game and Gurley, they, they definitely do go hand-in-hand. Hand. I mean, until this offense opens up more down the field, I think it's going to be very difficult because now everyone believes that Todd Gurley is the truth, mm-hmm. and it's going to be very difficult for him to not get any get all the attention until you make some more plays down the field. I think that's a major part of it. But as Jeff said, and I'm kind of with them on that one, Case is improving, and when he's under center, they find ways to win more times than lose. So keep him there. No doubt. Uh, you know, I, I like – Almost everything about Case Keenum when he's on the field, I, I like Jared Goff's arm strength. Um, I, I'd like to see that on the field with this offense. Uh, I like his accuracy. That's the reason he was drafted so high. Yes. The guy can put it pretty much anywhere, and he's he's going to be a starter in this league. Yeah, that we know. Yeah, at some point he's going to be the guy. So everything about Case, I love the experience, the way he handles the offense. Uh, he's a leader. Uh, he's the number one guy on the team, and he accepts that. I hate when quarterbacks reject that role. You can tell Case Keenum enjoys that role, and he respects that role. Uh, but I would love to see what this offense would look like with Jared Goff's arm strength and accuracy on the field. I would have liked to seen Jared Goff throw that out route that was picked up. Exactly. Yeah, because that's a, that's a ball. Or the deep ball too, or, or, too quick. Yeah, yeah, some of the deep balls. You know, does he, does, you know, he has the arm strength. Does he have the touch to get it where it needs to be? But that, that out that was picked off. Because, I mean, that, it looked delicious. 
It did. It, 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 looked, it looked meaty. It was it was snack size. And when when one of those is coming, that's what you do. You, you just you gobble it up. What when was you it say meaty or snack size? Yeah, I, I mean, no, I mean, it, I mean that's value meal. I, I, well, I mean, you know, it it it, it had it had a meat. Uh, a There's meaty some taste nutrients to it. there. It, it, yeah. was, it was a meaty taste to it. That was that was full protein. But everything else, like Jeff said, like Jeff Fisher just said. Reading defenses, calling out the mic, knowing where to go. I don't think Goff is ready yet. Yes, but just the arm strength, the arm talent. Love to see it at some point. By the way, I thought this was great from uh, the Westlake Village Inn on Monday. There was a viewer question about whether that pick six, whether Roby Coleman baited Keenum into throwing that, and this was Jeff Fisher's answer. Defensive backs spend a lot of time in the meeting rooms. They 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 look at formations, they look at splits, they they can recognize things, and so they anticipate things. And I always go back to one of the coolest things I ever heard was Ronnie Lott, who was a Hall of Fame player who actually was a teammate of mine at SC. After he was six or eight years and same pro, number of Pro Bowls in the National Football League, Ronnie said, "You know, if you guess right." You're in the Pro Bowl. If you guess wrong, you're in the streets. So you need to learn how to guess right. Right. Okay. And the, the guessing right philosophy comes from preparation and study and so and anticipation and recognition. And so we'll give them credit. The ball should have been thrown just a little bit further outside and the, and the route should have been a little bit deeper. But there was no baiting as far as that was concerned. Guys, we got to run, but I wanted to get that in because I, I thought it was a good story. One, and let's hope that Troy Hill, who we will speak to before the end of the show, and EJ Gaines, who we already spoke to in Rams All Access, guess right this weekend against Matthew Stafford and Detroit. In that big finish, we will go four down territory plus a look around the division as the NFC West kicks up here on Rams All Access on ESPN LA. Time for Four Down Territory, our weekly trip into opponent's territory with four questions for someone who covers the opposing side. And this week, it's Michael Rothstein, who covers the Detroit Lions for ESPN and ESPN.com. Michael, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Excellent. All right, we're looking forward to making a stop in Detroit. We noticed on the initial injury report, there were 11 Lions listed at the start of the week. Seven did not practice on Wednesday, including Eric Ebron, Haloti Nada, and Theo Riddick. Where do things stand on the injury front? Listen, they're a beat-up team. They have been for a long time now. The good news for them is Ziggy Ansah has practiced the past few days. It's not clear if he's going to play on Sunday yet, but there's a decent chance he will, and that gets them back their best pass rusher, their best overall defensive lineman, and it really forces opposing teams to maybe double-team him, and that opens things up for everybody else on the defensive line and in the front seven. You know, Michael, despite all that, Matthew Stafford is playing some of the best football of his career, and he's doing it without Megatron. How impressive is this run for Stafford? It's really impressive. It dates back really to week 10 of last season, the first real game where Jim Bob Cooter took over as offensive coordinator. Since then, he's looked like a much different quarterback. This system that Jim Bob Cooter runs really fits Stafford's strengths. It's forcing him to make reads. It's forcing him to just throw the ball to the open guy. And that's something that Cooter talked about this week, that maybe part of the reason why Matthew Stafford looks like a better quarterback is he doesn't feel the need to force the ball to Calvin Johnson. And let's be honest, if you have Calvin Johnson, you probably want to force the ball to him a few times because you know he can make a play in double coverage because if he's single covered, that's pretty much open if you're Calvin Johnson. Without him, he's just found the open guy. That guy more often than not has been Southern California native Marvin Jones. 
He's the NFL's leader in receiving yards of 519. And when he came in in free agency in March, it looked like, yeah, he could be a guy that would be part of a group that would replace Calvin Johnson. Instead, he's become the de facto number one receiver and is having a breakout year in his first year as the number one receiver in an offense because he was playing behind A.J. Green the first four years of his career in Cincinnati. This is Four Down Territory with Michael Rothstein, who covers the Lions for ESPN and ESPN.com. We noticed that Detroit added former Baltimore running back Justin Forsett this week. Will he be active? And if so, what does he offer the Lions in the backfield? He should be active if for no other reason than we're going to go back to that first question again, the injury bug. Dwayne Washington is coming off of an ankle injury. Not clear if he's going to play on Sunday. Theo Riddick is also banged up. Not quite sure if he's going to play. So all of a sudden, the Lions are back to two healthy running backs again. The same situation they had last week when it was Riddick and Zach Zenner. Now it's Zach Zenner and Justin Forsett. So figure Forsett will at least be active. What his role is, it's not really entirely clear yet because they're just throwing a lot of things at him, seeing what he can handle, seeing what he's able to do. And he's a guy who's done a little bit of everything throughout his career. He's had a bunch of stops, Baltimore, Jacksonville, Houston, Seattle. So he's been exposed to a lot. And I think they're going to just see what he does best, see where he fits in with what they do, and kind of just plug him in there for now and probably as it goes on find a much more defined role for him. Michael, as for the Rams running back Todd Gurley against the Detroit running defense, I'm curious. They have not allowed a rushing touchdown all season, but they have allowed the second most yards per carry in the NFL. What's the real Lions rushing defense? Yeah, Gurley's numbers aren't great, but we all know he's a big play back. We all saw what he did to the Lions last year where he just went nuts. So I think if you look at him and you look at that, that streak probably ends on Sunday, especially with, again, going back to that first question, the injury issues the Lions have. If Haloti Nada doesn't play, if Ziggy Asa for some reason doesn't play, that's a pretty beat-up defensive line where you're missing arguably your two best defensive linemen, and they still are not going to have DeAndre Levy this week. So that's three of your best players in the front seven, and that's a big problem when you're facing a guy like Todd Gurley. All right, Michael, thank you very much. And, guys, whenever we talk about the Rams injury report, it's nice to be reminded on the other side of things that the Lions have it as bad or worse. We'll see who is on the field Sunday. It'll be an early one in Detroit. You can join us right here on ESPN LA starting at 7 a.m. with pregame coverage. You also talked about Jim Bob Cooter, who, in addition to having one of the best names in coaching, uh, has had a positive influence on Matthew Stafford since he took over midway through last season. I'm reminded that on the Rams' side, Rob Boris uh, is 6-3 and three since week 14 of last season when the Rams beat the Detroit Lions. Uh, DeMarco, you were there. That was when Rob got the call on Monday and said, you're up, you're calling plays, and uh, he was promoted before the Lions win. Yeah, pleasant surprise, man. Uh, the offense had gone stale, I mean really stagnant, and uh, Jeff Fisher had made the move to, uh, made the coordinator switch to Rob Boris, and... There was a spark there. Case Keenum had also come in and, and become the guy. And then the emergence of Todd Gurley. So it, it seemed like a perfect storm. And the team started to move the football and score points and keep the defense off the field. So, yeah, you're hoping the same sort of magic will happen with the same guys. Uh, it's still there. I mean, Case Keenum's still here. Rob Boris is still calling plays. And Todd Gurley is still taking handoffs. So at some point, you'll start to see that same success. But it, for me, it all comes down to execution, man. If you can't block the guy in front of you, if you can't beat the man in front of you down the field and then catch the ball when it gets to you, then 
you, you've got no chance as an offense. Um, I hate to blame coaches for, for failure on offense. Uh, it's all about the Johnnies and the Joes with me, so it's the man in the mirror time on offense. If you're tired of kicking field goals, well, take it upon yourself to score. Take it upon yourself not to go down on, on first contact. Find a way to be special out there. You saw Todd Gurley make that one play, that non-scoring run in Arizona. The guy is special. Well, you're going to need more of that out of more people on offense. Now, I agree with you on that, uh, that players have to, at some point, you, you know, you, you can look at it, X's and O's don't move on paper, right? They don't move on paper. So at some point, uh, you have to figure out a way to beat that X or that O. You usually have to figure out a way to be better. That That is a major part of it. You just have to be better on that particular play. Sometimes they're going to be better than you. You have to find a way to win. That's what the game is about. Football is about me saying I'm better than you and showing you play after play. It's really that simple. It's a simple game. You win your individual matchup. Now, that being said, I do think that some of the things have to fall on the coaches. We were discussing the backside of, of blocking yes. on the offensive line uh-huh. and the way that's being taught. The, the, the way it was taught before the rule changes right. where you could cut block on the backside. You ha- if you if you have coaches that have already always implemented that backside cut, now they can't teach that. They have to find new ways to teach players how to do that. That in itself can help Todd Gurley, no doubt. One of the things I took away from Chuck Knox as a rookie, one of the coaching points he would throw out is, "You got to know who to get and how to get them." And I have to teach you. Yes, you have to know who to get and how to get them. So if you can't. If you don't have the benefit of a backside cut anymore, well, you're going to have to figure out ways to keep those guys off Todd Gurley because that wave is going to crash over your old line and stop you from running consistently. That's what's been happening. So at some point, you're going to have to figure out how to either by coordinating an offense to pull those guys off the running back or block it up better. If not, you're going to be slamming your head into a brick wall for the rest of your season. He's DeMarco Farr with Eric Davis. I'm J.B. Long. This is Rams All Access. Let's step aside from the Week 6 matchup against Detroit for just a moment to go around the division in the NFC West. The 49ers made some news this week. They're going to start Colin Kaepernick after restructuring his contract at Buffalo. Meanwhile, Seattle coming off a bye week. They get 4-1 and one Atlanta. Uh, Eric Davis, I thought you made an interesting point about you know how the Rams approach the second half of their season after the bye week after coming home from London. That might be influenced by what the rest of the division is doing in terms of the standings. Yeah, definitely. If you come, as the the way I see this, let's just say you come back and you're three and four. Okay, I don't think that you have to worry about the sky falling in that situation. Not out of it. You look at where your division is. You okay? You you pre- you prep. You got your bye week. You prep for that that game. You go in. You win that one, and you're sitting there at five hundred, four and four, five hundred. And where's the rest of, of the division right now? Arizona ha- they, has not found their stride just yet. The 49ers are a hot mess right now. Um, Seattle's a good ball club. I think we expected them to be a, a good ball club, but. We all see the Rams somehow knuckle up for that game and play well against that team. They match up very well against them. So you're not out of it, even if you don't get these next couple of games. And we'll learn a lot about the Seahawks here in the coming weeks. Atlanta's a good team coming to their place. But then they go at Arizona, at New Orleans, home to Buffalo, and at New England. So kind of about that same time as we get into November... Who knows where things are going to shake out, Demarco? It's going to be tough for everybody. I just wonder what Kaepernick's going to do for that offense. I mean, I always wanted to see Kaepernick and Chip Kelly's offense. Now so we're did I. A chance to see it. I mean, um, it's not under optimum circumstances, but it is what it is. He's going to play, so I wonder if he can resurrect. And I wonder, like you said, if Arizona can find their stride. They're still talented. 
They're yes, they are. loaded. They are loaded. And great coaching on the sideline as well. So at some point, maybe they'll catch fire. And like you said, Seattle and Russell Wilson, they're getting nothing but better and healthier. So the next time you see them, it'll be a completely different Seattle. So the one thing you can do or you shouldn't do as a Rams fan or even a Ram is worry about the rest of your division. you got to worry about Detroit, then New York, and then just play them one at a time. But uh, sitting on the microphone or this side of the microphone, this side of the uh, – the football field, I fully expect Seattle to be a playoff contender. I still think Arizona is a playoff contender. And San Francisco, like I said, with, with Kaepernick, could look a bit different than with Blaine Gabbard at quarterback. Yeah, but I, but I don't think in any way do you start to look at their time to make changes. There's no change, you know, change the quarterback, do all these things regardless uh, of how things play out these next couple of weeks because you're still in the hunt. And, and I don't think that you get necessarily better by making a change, especially, and we're talking about the quarterback position. I don't think you get better. I, I think offensively, you need to figure out a way to do some of the things that we've been discussing. Uh, find ways, and the coach has been saying, find ways to get into the end zone. Find ways to get some big plays. And also what DeMarco said, guys just have to just make some individual plays. That's what makes a team good. It's not, it's not always by scheme or design. It's just, sometimes guys just have to just ball out and just say, you know what? Like he just said, Ronnie told me that same thing. You know what? You guess right, you go to Pro Bowl. You guess wrong, you go home. But at some point, if you're not willing to study and put yourself in position to make that educated guess, you're just a guy. And if you're a team full of guys, you're 7-9. and nine. One Ram who's in that position this week once again is Troy Hill, thrust back into the Rams starting lineup at corner. We'll talk to him in our final segment of Rams All Access here on ESPN LA 710. I've got a couple of Super Bowl champions with me and DeMarco Farr and Eric Davis. And uh, Eric, you might not have used those analytics in your day, but you would have picked up on something like that from film study, I bet. Oh, yeah, you'll see it on the film study. And and that's the smart thing based on what he has. There's no Megatron. And he has players that can run routes and, and confuse defenses and then run after the catch. So you take advantage of that. I mean, Peyton Manning did it in that 55 touchdown season. 70% of his balls were in the air 10 yards or less. So it wasn't like a great pass. It was Bebe catching smoke routes and running them down the field. And that's a smart thing for this offense this year. All right, back in the starting lineup, potentially at corner this week to deal with Stafford, is Troy Hill. Still young in terms of NFL standards and his Rams career, but the chance to come home to L.A. was one he could not pass up. He went to high school in Ventura, and that's one of the things we talked about at practice this week at Cal Lutheran. To be back at home, you know what I'm saying? My second home, I should say. So, I mean, I'm familiar with the area, so everything feels, like, familiar. Yeah. Uh, born in Ohio, is that correct? Yeah. Youngstown? Youngstown. So how'd you make your way to California? Uh, Just my uncle lived out here, and it was better opportunity for me out here. So I just came out here and moved with my uncle. So the prep football then got you an opportunity at Oregon by playing in California with a great program out here? Yeah, that West Coast. So, you know what I'm saying, they recruited out here. So, I mean, once I seen the facility and stuff, it was like, yeah, I got to go here. I'm sorry your Ducks are not in a good way right now. We won't talk about that. We'll just focus on the Lions, but uh, they'll turn it around up there in Eugene. Yeah, for sure, for sure. They're young out there, so they'll be all right. Um, you know, you're in position maybe to make your third start on Sunday. How are you settling in? Are things slowing down for you here with the Rams? Yeah, everything's settled down. I'm just more focusing on my technique and just trying to stay stay true to who I am as a player and not try to outdo and try to be somebody else. So, I mean, it's a lot easier for me, and the game's slowing down a lot for me. 
Is that a week by week process that you notice it? Yeah, week by week, and I mean, just watching the film and seeing what I was doing in previous games, like it wasn't me. So I'm just focused on just trying to become myself again and just stay focused on what I got to do. Yeah, Troy. One of the things I noticed right away about you, even in the preseason, you're called into that uh, end goal situation, right when Lamarcus gets thrown out there, and you compete right away. Kind of yeah. where does that fire, that competitive juice, come from? I just want to prove prove that I can play, you know, and like uh, I always been an underdog all my life, all my career, and uh, I mean, I'm just trying to show that I can be one of them dudes, one of them top-rated players, yeah. so I just want to come out there and show what I can do. Well, if that's your goal, what an opportunity on Sunday. We know Tremaine is, is hurting right now, and so you're back in there in a big way against a really nice receiving core of the Lions. Yeah, I mean, they're real good, I mean. Uh, with Marvin Jones leading the league and receiving, so I mean they doing something right out there. Stafford having a great season, so I mean you got to stay on your P's and Q's and just stay focused on what you got to do and your technique. Yeah, you mentioned Marvin. You actually had some time together uh, in your day in Cincinnati. Yeah, I played with him in Cincinnati. I mean, just that whole receiving crew they taught me a lot. You know what I'm saying? Just as far as they was a better receiving crew. When I was coming in as a as a rookie and just being able to watch them guard them every day at practice. So I mean, I learned a lot from. He's a good player. And I mean, I'm expecting his best out there. Not looking ahead of the Giants in any way, but after Detroit, we go to London. Have you ever been abroad? No, nah, never. First time out the country, so it should be exciting. Well, it's a good place to start because there's no language barrier, at least. Nah, yeah, so I mean, I ain't got to worry about getting no translator or nothing, so that's a plus. But I'm going to enjoy the experience and take it in. I mean, just being out here every day is a great experience. I mean, I never thought I'd be, you know what I'm saying, starting for the L.A. Rams, so... I mean, I'm just going to enjoy the experience and just stay focused and stay humble. Our thanks to Troy Hill, our guest this week on Rams All Access, as was E.J. Gaines. See more and sit closer with Vivid Seats, an official partner of the Los Angeles Rams. Visit vividseats.com slash Rams today to reserve your official ticket, travel, and VIP tailgate packages to the next game. With Eric Davis and DeMarco Farr, I'm J.B. Long, wrapping up another edition of Rams All Access. Final thoughts, be they about Detroit, be they about London, or even Netflix, which we never got back to, DeMarco. (laughs) We've talked about the corners, E.J. Gaines and uh, obviously uh, Troy Hill coming out there. Uh, As a pass rusher, you know who the quarterback's going to pick on. You know who they're going to target. So it's up to you to get to that guy before he can get the ball off to help your secondary, unless you've got a bunch of pro bowlers back there to make you more comfortable. But you know what the game plan is now. You pretty much know what they're going to do and how they're going to attack you. You just have to get there before he gets the ball off. So uh, the game in Detroit is going to come down to one thing. Can you get Stafford on the ground before he starts to pick apart this secondary? And, you know, and I think the team will have the right mindset going into this one. Yes, you're coming off a loss, uh, you, but I think they're looking at that saying that's a game that they were in and had an opportunity uh, from a game plan standpoint, from a playing standpoint, to win. And I think it's actually, as much as we're talking about the travel and the earlier time zone that they're going to be in, I think it's a good thing for them to allow them to regroup, to go on the road, uh, and, and win this game and not have the pressure of playing at home in front of in front of the crowd. I think you sort of rally differently when you're on the road in that hotel together, uh, and I think this could be a good thing for the Rams going into this one. Oh, Eric, thank you for joining us on Rams All Access. Good luck with your travel up to the Bay Area and back. We will hear from you on Sunday morning, part of our pregame coverage, which begins at 7 a.m. here on ESPN LA. Thank you for joining us on Rams All Access. We will speak to you from Detroit.